Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so, so much, as always, for pressing play and taking the time to listen to my show. It is hugely, hugely appreciated. And joining me on today's show, I have a really interesting chat with Audrey Charleston of Evolution Wrestling. Um, Audrey tells us about her time training with the EVE promotion, training with Evolution Wrestling. Um, traveling the world as a youngster um, and basically going forward and working on her her first match which was for the Evolution Wrestling Next Gen series on YouTube which I was very fortunate enough to provide commentary for um, it's a it's a unique tale it's a different a different story about how our guest today found their way into the wrestling business um, and I'm sure you'll agree when you listen to Audrey speak um, she's an incredibly intelligent well-informed individual and, and a fascinating person to listen to um, before we get to that however I do need to offer both Audrey and everyone listening a quick apology due to some technical issues that I can't actually quite put my finger on as to what happened the first minute or so of the podcast w- was unusable um, some audio issues some technical issues my end and it's completely my error I don't know what's happened there the rest of it is okay. Um, the rest of it is fine to listen to. So our chat with Audrey um, basically basically starts with Audrey explaining um, how she first came across wrestling as a youngster um, on television, where she was living, and so on. Um, you've literally just missed us both saying hello to each other. So it's not much at all. And again, I apologise to Audrey and anyone listening for that um, I'm not 100% sure what went on there however the rest of the discussion is absolutely fine and as I said incredibly interesting and a very unique tale as well so I hope you all enjoy it Um, as always please take a moment to chuck the show a follow on Instagram Facebook and Twitter you can find us on all of those social media platforms by searching at SJP Wrestling Pod and I am always uh, at SJP Words on Twitter um, uh, that's it for me for now, I guess. That's enough of me waffling on and apologising for a technical issue I, I, I can't quite explain away. But hopefully it'll be the first and last we've had of that. Um, again, I want to thank Audrey for coming on to the show and I hope everyone enjoys our chat. As always, thank you for listening. Hello, brother. This is NWA WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Um, yeah, so I dragged around the world a little bit by my parents. Their jobs were quite um, heavily into the oil industry. Um, so we lived in places like California, Texas, Singapore, Dubai. And uh, I spent most of my childhood in Singapore, ended up in Dubai when I was about 15. And it's a beautiful place. Uh, but one of the things that I found really interesting was that at the time, this was going back a few years, this is about 2001, um, they had, they were running lots of reruns of old American telly on some of the cable networks at the time. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if you know anything about the UAE at all, but of course, you know, Sharia law, certain things are censored. Um, So, yeah, 
um, I spent most of my childhood not being even aware that wrestling existed. And then one day, I come home from school, aged about 15, generally pretty naffed off with life because, you know, it's a new school and I wasn't doing very well there. And turned on the TV and started doom scrolling the channels because, you know, back in those days, we didn't doom scroll Facebook, right? So That's right. <laughs> Um, so I'm sat there and I, I suddenly flicking through things and I suddenly come across two sweaty men in a wrestling ring yelling at each other. Okay. And I thought, Oh, what's this? And I sat there for a few minutes and I, you know, 15, I was just young enough to be a little bit lulled. And I sat there thinking, is this real? Are they allowed to do this? Can they say that? <laughs> right. <laughs> And I didn't know this at the time, but what I was, who I was actually watching was The Rock and Steve Austin. Ah, okay. It doesn't get any better than that, right? You know. No, but- and you said it was around 2001, so I'm assuming that would have been building up to the likes of WrestleMania 17, that whole sort of time, which was a fantastic time in the business. Yeah, it certainly was. And that was my first introduction to it. Um, I sort of broadly knew who The Rock was because he was starting to get into films at the time um had no idea who steve austin was and i just remember sitting there thinking this is amazing they can just shout whatever they like at each other and then throw each other around i want to do that one day they look like they're having so much fun okay so 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 literally straight away from that very first very first moment you saw them on the television you thought i want to do this one day I did, yes. Um, I became, if I'm honest, a little bit obsessed with it. I used to come home from school on a Friday night and they would show reruns of things. And I would sit there just watching it, absolutely fascinated, watching all the things that you were sort of effectively allowed to get up to in a wrestling ring that you can't get up to in day-to-day life, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's frowned upon if you start hitting people with chairs on the high street, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's important <laughs> to note that the time in question as well, um, 2001 the twin towers had just fallen so i was um, going to school every day and we were having to do bomb drills under the desks because we didn't know at the time you know in that part of the world whether bush would decide to bomb the whole middle east and be done with it so we used to hear jets going over over the gulf in the middle of the school day and it was actually quite a scary time to be alive so i was coming home from that every day and then turning on WWE was a nice distraction from, you know, the concerns of everyday life. Yeah, I mean that's that's incredible, and it's I suppose it's. I mean, I've never, I've never been out of the UK. Well, I've, I, had a, I had a very brief school trip to Holland when I was about thirteen, well, <laughs> eleven, twelve, thirteen, something like that, for a couple of days. But that aside, I've, I've never really, I've never even been out of the UK. So I mean, you saying about how travelled you are with your parents' work and so on is fascinating to me as it is because that's a lifestyle or, or a, a, a life format, I guess, that I wouldn't, I've never experienced. Sure. Um, but then to be in a scenario where it, you're doing, as as you said, sort of safety drills when the jets go over, that 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 blows my mind. I can't even begin to anticipate how that must have been. It must have been. It must have been terrifying. It was. Uh, I remember the first time it happened and, you know, ev- everybody screamed and dove under the desks. And after it happened three or four times, you know, teenagers, they become desensitized to things like that after a while. Um, but, yeah, it was it was an interesting time to be alive um, and an interesting time to be watching wrestling as <laughs> a distraction. Yeah, definitely. Um, was it just the the well, WWF I guess it was back then wasn't it was it just the WWF you had access to at this stage were there any was there anything else being shown over there no it was uh, really only WWF at the time and of course another interesting point is there were no women's matches for the sharia law reasons that i mentioned um mm-hmm. in islamic law you know women can't um, expose themselves beyond a certain amount so um that was that was why there it was only men's matches. So I didn't really become acquainted with women's wrestling until much later. But we can go into that further down the line. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm guessing the programs have just been, you know, hacked to bits, ed- edited sections out. I guess. Oh yes, you know, every F and blind was bleeped out, and sections had been chopped all over the place. Mm. Two different matches stuck together. You know, it was really right, quite rough and tumble. But you know, for want of a better phrase. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, how, how was that then when you're over there 
um, and wrestling, you say, is, is almost like a little bit of an escape for you. Was mm. there anyone there, friends-wise, who was also watching? Only my sister. Um, <laughs> this is quite funny, actually. Um, she, being a little bit less of a wide-eyed innocent than I was at the time, <laughs> okay, cottoned on to certain things about wrestling that... Um, shall probably remain silent for the kids uh she got cottoned onto that before i did and and said you know um mm, you know you know and and i went really really mm. when i figured that out you know at the grand old age of 15 sitting there with the going is it real is it real <laughs> <laughs> so i'm the i'm kind of the other side of that i suppose in a way because my I, I watched the wrestling primarily with, with my wife and kids. Um, and well, I say my wife and kids, it's my youngest daughter who's the big fan. The others kind of have a passing interest. It's not really their cup of tea. But my youngest, who is 11, she's she's wrestling crazy. She gets, She's the one who watches AEW every week, uh, watches stuff on the network all the time. And it's getting to that point where I, I want to ask the question, Does does she know, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to ask the question because if she doesn't know, I'm going to burst that bubble. So it's always like I'm sort of watching her watch things. I'm sort of keeping half an eye on her. For example, um, again, con- time-wise context here, we're recording a week or two after the Blood Guts match um, on AEW television. And Jericho took a big bump off the top of the cage, hit what was obviously a padded area. I'm looking across at my daughter thinking, is she twigged on this or is she still buying? I'm fairly certain she's still 100% buying into it. And I'm going to hold on to that for as long as I possibly can because I love it. You know, it's, uh... it's the old Santa Claus question, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Her believing in wrestling is probably more important than Santa Claus to me at the moment. <laughs> that may not be the right thing to say, but that's how I feel as her dad at the moment. So, um, So you say that was when you were in sorry abu dhabi wasn't it you said yes uh dubai dubai sorry mm. um how, how much longer were you over there for them was that was that a long period of your life or did you sort of uh end up uprooting and traveling a bit further uh no we were there until i was 18 and then i okay. came back and that was that was an unusual experience and i came back here and i and i was like wow i'm meant to belong to this country but i don't know anything about it <laughs> Okay, yeah. I mean, had you not lived in this country at all to this stage then, or had it been sort of a, a, a short period early on before you started moving around? Uh, very briefly, when I was in early primary school, we did come back for a couple of years, um, but I don't remember an awful lot. Yeah, and I suppose it's a completely different world, but sort of early primary schools coming back at 18, I guess, isn't it? A completely different yeah. scenario. Um, yeah. So, So when you came back, did you continue watching this this new crazy world you discovered on television on friday nights uh no if i'm honest i didn't um because by that point i had been summarily put off it by my father (laughs) ah okay okay how did that go uh well when i was still in dubai i had a, a dinner table conversation with him where i said i wanted to try wrestling one day and his reaction was obviously not great. And his first response was, well, you could get injured. And I thought, well, yes, I could. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could get injured playing football, Dad, you know. And the second response was, um, and this I've never quite forgotten. The second response was, well, you're a girl. Yes. And? And he said, well, the men will treat you like a slut. Oh, why? Yeah, that's quite a thing to say to your 16-year-old daughter, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it, it, never, it never really left me. And it was a little while after that that I became acquainted with women's matches for the first time. I remember, I believe it was Molly Holly and Victoria, a 2002 match. Don't ask me which one it was because I can't remember. Okay. But, um, and the commentator spent the whole time wondering whether Molly Holly was a virgin and contemplating Victoria's bra size. I imagine that would be uh, Mr. Jerry Lawler, to be fair. That's normally his stick when he was on commentary in that time. Yeah, it was not a 
not a good reflection on women's wrestling, especially with, with talent like Molly Holly and Victoria as well. They weren't just your your sort of models there to be looked at. They actually had a great level of talent. They did. And I was sitting there watching this match and thinking, really, they're doing things that you probably can't do. Mm. <laughs> and the, and you're contemplating Victoria's bright eyes. Anyway, um, it put me off a little bit, that and my, my dad's comments. And for years, I was completely put off the idea because of that sort of period of time in women's wrestling and my dad's comments kind of confirming that in my mind. Okay. So is that, you just didn't watch at all then you, you basically sort of just fell out of love with, with, with wrestling or was it the, the idea of training you were put off from? Or was it wrestling in total? It was the whole thing in total. If I'm right. honest, long time I was completely put off the idea. Um, yeah, it was it was a sad thing to be put off something that young. Um, I still really wanted to do it on some level, but that you find reasons not to, don't you? The reasons I've just explained and then other things kept getting in the way and it never really happened until fairly recently. Yeah, no, I understand. OK, so I mean, with regards to that, then you're back in you're back in the UK. You're not you're not as enthusiastic about the pro wrestling world as you once were for the reasons you just explained. Um, but performing was still something that, again, I use wrestling branding in as a performance, I suppose, whether people agree with that or not, I'm not hundred percent sure, but performing is something that obviously you, you have a huge level of ability for and a passion for because of things you've also done since then um with regards to uh, dancing and, and and you said a drama and so on didn't you talk us through that talk us through what went on after you kind of fell out of wrestling and you were back in the uk um sort of i suppose as you sort of turned 18 and, and onwards sure well i'd been doing ballet since i was about three um and i fell out of love with that as well if i'm honest my body wasn't quite wired up for taking that past a, a serious point so I left that behind and moved on to other dance styles sort of jazz salsa siroc that sort of thing um I took up drama at university when I was 18 because I still really had the performance bug and I still mm-hmm. really got that buzz from going out in front of an audience and doing something amazing whether it be dancing around in a big skirt or <laughs> whatever <laughs> happens to be um so I insisted on doing that at university, got to do it. Um, not long after that, um, life kind of blew up spectacularly in my face. <laughs> and uh, okay. my parents got divorced, basically. It was a rather messy divorce. And I had to be there to help pick up my mother, basically. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that uh, a lot of dreams got put on hold in that early period of my life and I not long after that I met my uh, then husband and our son was born so then that's you know that's another thing isn't it you know you can't wrestle pregnant so no of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um life kind of became about you know my son for a long time and it was only recently that that he's you know he's nearly 11 himself now and He's becoming more independent and he doesn't need me so much. And I started to think recently, oh, what can I do for me? Oh, yeah, I once wanted to do that. Let's see if I can still handle it. <laughs> ah, okay. So, so we're at this stage then. Your, your child is a similar age to my youngest, as I mentioned. And it does get to that, that point where they are a bit more independent and so on. And I'll be honest with you, I've got four children. And my my youngest is uh, 11 now. Um, I have struggled so much with the youngest as she's got more independent. The other three, it was difficult. I didn't like it, but it was, it was what it was. My youngest, knowing that she is the baby and she, we're not having any more and so on. I find that really, really difficult. That just little things like I've, um, well, during the whole pandemic issue at the moment, I've been out of work for a while. I've uh, been able to go and pick her up from school from my aspect. That was Mm -hmm. lovely. But it's the first time I've done it in quite a while because of regularly working. She won't hold my hand anymore across the road and things like that. And it's like it's, it comes across as a bit of a shock to the system. But I know what you mean because you almost then feel like I don't want this to sound as, as horrible as it sounds, but you almost feel like you get a bit of your own life back, I suppose. 
That's true. That's very true. Although I, I can I can certainly empathize with the not wanting to hold your hand thing. My son treats my hand like a dead fish these days. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling all too well. Um, it used to be a thing as well that my little girl would moan that her ankle would hurt. So I'd carry her down the, down the road to our house and she's got no interest in that at all now. <laughs> to the point where she even literally goes, Dad, stop it at me whenever, <laughs> you know, at certain times. It's a, it's, it's a shame because Dad's becoming embarrassing, I think. Um, so, so at this point, you're sort of, you know, you're thinking to yourself, OK, what can I do for me, as, as you said? Mm. And then the wrestling popped back in your mind. Were you back watching again at this stage or were you still very much at arm's length from wrestling in general? No, I was still very much at arm's length, but um, I've, I'm a firm believer that the universe kicks you up the backside when it wants you to be doing something. OK. And... I had several things happen all in within a short space of time. Um, I met a friend who is a fellow actor who also used to once do wrestling. And he told me all about it and made it sound really amazing. Around the same sort of time, uh, Glow came out on oh, yeah. whatever. Was it Netflix? I can't remember. I think it was yeah, the, the, the TV show about the, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, it was called, yes. wasn't it? Back, yeah, set in the... So what, sort of mid-80s, I suppose, mid to late 80s, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. And around the same sort of time still, there was an article in the Equity magazine, which pretty much all actors subscribe to, about um, wrestling having previously fallen between the cracks of sports and entertainment and whether or not it should qualify for equity membership. Okay. And, and there was this beautiful picture of a female wrestler on the cover and i and so i'm getting all these little things from the universe going come on come on get yourself in gear and get get down there <laughs> and i thought okay you know i might be too old but the least thing i can do is try right so yeah. that's what i did right okay then so see that, that fascinates me in, in that you're getting I suppose for want of a better term, you're getting these signs, I guess. You're getting these these pointers, the sort of the kick at the backside from the universe, uh, to, to coin your phrase. Um, that's pointing you back in the direction of, of the wrestling world. Um, uh, but you still weren't watching anything yourself as a fan. I think that's, and you, But you still wanted to go and give it a go, despite not regularly watching the, the, the TV product or, or any wrestling on television, I suppose. And we do have... I've spoken to a few people like that who started in wrestling without actually watching on the television. We've had a couple of people who got into it through playing wrestling computer games before knowing anything about what wrestling actually was, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, I have heard of people say that, and it does seem like a bit of a strange thing to do. Um, but from my perspective, I can't speak for anybody else, but from my perspective, it was it was because it hurt me so much for so many years to watch it because of because I believed in my strange way that I either wasn't allowed to do it or it wasn't for me or I wasn't going to be strong enough to handle it. You know, all these all these beliefs that we pick up over time about ourselves based on things that we're told. And I, for a long time, thought, no, that's not for me. That's not for me. And still some days I still question whether it's for me, <laughs> if I'm brutally honest. But um yeah, I thought, do you know what? I'm a certain age now. I'm 35. This is my last chance. Okay, then. So there you go. You, you, you fought yourself. This is my last chance. Where do you go from there? What, what was the next step? Did you just literally type in wrestling schools or did you have an in somewhere? Or where, where did you go? Where did you take that initial step into the business? I initially didn't start at Evolution Wrestling, actually. Okay. I I started at Eve Academy in London. The appeal to me being that it was all women. Right. At the time. So um, that for me felt like a level of safety based on the, the, the reasons I've explained, you know. Previously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my first few couple of months there were absolutely amazing. I really loved it. You know, I, I didn't realize until I went there that I couldn't even forward roll. Right, Okay. <laughs> until until I sort of had to do it for the first time. And after a couple of months there, um, trekking into London every week was starting to wear me down. So I thought, okay, I've got through some of the basics now. I need to find somewhere that's a bit closer to home. And yes, there are probably going to be men 
but I think I can handle that now. And so I just went on Google and typed in wrestling schools near me and up popped Evolution Wrestling. So I thought, okay, here we go. Bite the next bullet. <laughs> and off I went. Okay, so so what sort of time frame are we looking at here? When, when was it you made the transition from uh, Eve to Evolution then? This was around uh, December 2019, January 2020, right before all the pandemic stuff kicked off. Right, okay, I see. So did you know anyone who was attending Evolution Wrestling before this, or had you spoken to anyone before your first session? No, absolutely not. I sent... Um, an email to Rob Lee who runs it and um, just said, can I come along? I did, I did check if there, any, if there were any women, if I'm brutally honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, and then I came along and I remember walking up the steps for the first time thinking, you know, you have those moments of like, this could either be amazing or it could be one of the worst decisions of my life. <laughs> I, remember, yeah. I remember walking up the steps thinking, Oh God, Oh God, here we go. Open the door. And the first thing I get faced with is one of the guys who trains there, and don't ask me who it was because it's kind of a blur, but one of them catches sight of me coming through the door, does a double take, and says, are you here to train? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think whoever it was was so shocked that they'd finally found another female that I don't think they quite knew what to do with me. Right. <laughs> See, it's funny you mentioned there about about walking up the steps and it running through your mind about you know it could be brilliant, could be whatever. Because yeah. one of the things that I always tend to ask people who I speak to about their start in the business, it is literally that walking across the car park or when they're driving into the into the car park or, or as you said, going up the steps and so on. Literally just before going in, the nerves, if there were any, um, your thought process and so on. And it's amazing how. You literally get to me almost two types of people. There's those who go, "Now nah, I was fine," or there's those that were absolutely terrified. I've not yet spoken to anyone who sat more in the middle. I guess. Well, yes, um, I was a, I am a bit of a middle sitter on a lot of things. Um, that one was definitely one of them. I was, I was equal parts terrified, but also really excited. Okay, brilliant. So again, it's different different outlook to, to, to people I've spoken to previously. That's, that's great. So, so you go in to your first session then, and obviously you, you've, you've, as you said, you sort of grasped the basics training elsewhere for a little while. Um, your first training session, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you're going in not, um, n- not as a new starter. You've already got a grasp on certain aspects of how this works. So how did that first session go? Did you have to sort of, uh, show what you could do to show, did you have to sort of display the levels you were already at or how did that session go yes um initially it was um i felt like i had to prove that i could do things a little bit for the first mm-hmm. hour or so but then after that it it started to get up to more my level where i was at at the time um and i even started learning some new things that i hadn't learned previously so it was it was actually a really amazing first session. I tell you what, I was emotionally exhausted at the end of it, though. You know, you walk out the door all cheery and like, bye. And then I walked around the corner and went, oh, I need a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What, what caused that then? Was it just the sort of the adrenaline of meeting all these new people first time round? I mean, I, I'm not very good in those scenarios myself, if I'm honest. But it's all starting a new job or something. I find it quite overwhelming at times because there's all new faces. Uh, was it that sort of thing or was it something different? It was pretty much exactly that. I am uh, quite a natural introvert. Um, I cover it up well, but um, I'm actually quite introverted. And meeting all these people in this scenario where you're going to throw yourself around a wrestling ring, you might possibly get hurt. There is a risk of that. And uh, I'm surrounded by men for the first time in a wrestling ring, which brought with it a level of new discomfort to me. And that it was all all those elements came into play and I just walked away from it feeling really chuffed that I went and really excited with it but also really exhausted right. <laughs> out completely so so when you walked out of that that first session then was it literally straight away your mind was made up you were going back no matter what oh yeah definitely definitely That's excellent excellent and obviously the 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 other lady I've spoken to for the show uh, miss Luna blue 
she was training at the same time as you, is that correct? She had been there for a, a good sight longer than I had. I think mm. a year more longer. But yes. Yeah, so she was there when when you came in, yeah. She was. And she, yeah, she explained it was a... When I spoke to her for the show a little while back, she explained how happy she was to see you walk, you know, for the first time come in and so on. She said she was buzzing. So, yeah, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to speak to you and sort of get your your side of the conversation as well, I suppose, going into it and with your background. Um, were there many differences then going from, obviously the travel would be the biggest, I suppose. But mm. aside from that, was there any major differences between training with eve and then switching to evolution barring obviously the sort of eve being uh just a ladies school uh, and no men and this is mixed um were there any differences in the way that the sessions were set up potentially uh yes i would say that there were um eve is obviously being there to cater to women it caters to women's learning style and uh, again this is a generalization this may not apply to all women but what i have observed is that we tend to take longer to learn physical skills than men do. And there was more repetition involved with Eve, which I found quite helpful for learning new things. Whereas at Evolution, sometimes you don't get that and you have to kind of chuck yourself in at the deep end and hope for the best, which is very much a more masculine learning style, Um, which can be incredibly helpful because there are certain things like throwing yourself out of a wrestling ring that the only way you can do it really is by chucking yourself in at the deep end. And then there's other things that require a bit more repetition to get them right. Like, like back rolls, for example, it took me ages to land a back roll. Absolutely ages. There's something about going backwards over my head that quite frankly made me want to throw up. Right. But when I did finally do it, I was like, yes, I've landed this now. No going back. Yeah, I mean, it's not a natural thing to do, though, is it? This is this was the sort of thing I've picked up on speaking. Cause I'm very much as big a wrestling fan as I am, and I suppose in a way, well, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you I'm, I'm quite obsessive. I, I watch wrestling every minute. I'm not at work or not with the kids. I'm watching some form of wrestling. There's always some wrestling on somewhere. Um, I'm very much outside looking in, though. I've never been in the ring never even been in the ring for a picture or anything like that it's literally just been on the other side of the ropes watching and i i marvel at everything that i see people do on television at evolution shows uh the match i've seen you yourself in i marvel at everything these these people do i think i think it's incredible but it's so easy to forget i think when watching these people do what they do on a regular basis that a lot of the stuff they're doing is just completely unnatural Throwing yourself off these heights, or even not off these particularly big heights, even just if you're being, you know, dropping onto your back and so on, it's it's not something the human body or, or the human mind is is designed to allow you to do. I think. No, that's that's very true, and I think it's something that if you were training in wrestling from the age of three or something then it, you, it would become more ingrained and it would it would be part of you whereas you walk into it at my age and that natural self-preservation instinct has kicked in you know at that point and I, I still have these moments where I think oh I have to throw myself backwards now great <laughs> it really go away no no I suppose not I mean I I, I couldn't imagine what that would be what that would feel like I mean don't get me wrong many many years ago i sort of had the idea of oh i'd like to give it a go but uh no i'm far too uh old fat and broken for any of that now i'm afraid i'll, I'll, I'll sit on the safe side of the ropes and w- w- watch you lot i'm, I'm perfectly happy with that um so you're training then with evolution and then obviously the pandemic hits yes so did that sort of make it quite stop start for you because i know the wrestling school the the, the academy it, it effectively shut down for quite a long period of time didn't it it did, yes. Um, I think collectively over the last, what is it, 18 months or so that I've been there, we've only, tra- well, we've only been open for maybe, what, seven, eight months collectively out of all that time. Um, so, yes, it has been very stop-start. Uh, I feel like every time we come out of a lockdown, my body's forgotten everything. Right, uh, okay. Yeah, I have to relearn certain things over and over again. And, of course, that self-preservation instinct kicks back in again. So then you have to desensitize yourself to doing things like jumping out of a ring, throwing yourself backwards, all these things. 
And then, oh, look, we get slapped back into another lockdown again. Here we go again. So, yeah, yeah. frustrating. Yeah, that, I didn't even, that didn't even enter my mind, I'm going to be honest. That's really, really insightful for you, for you to mention because I, I was thinking more stop-start as in just the training process in general, uh, you mm. know, as in the sort of the learning curve, I guess. But, yeah, the, the whole sort of reteaching your body i guess that it's going to be okay or or at least you know semi-okay to throw yourself backwards and so on that stop start process there that that, that didn't even enter my mind that's 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 really interesting that's a that being an issue you know it's 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 something i have to ask other people about as well because i find that quite fascinating um sorry go on sorry yes um i yeah i notice that every time we come out i suddenly forget how to bump properly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a dark thing and, and my my brain knows it on a cerebral level but my my body kind of goes nope you're not doing that every time we come back out of a lockdown <laughs> which to be fair you know i suppose again looking at it from outside looking in where i am that's the sensible thing for your body to be telling you you, you shouldn't be doing you know again it's, it's not a natural a natural motion is it so no that's very true <laughs> um do, so we've had a couple of lockdowns obviously so that's been quite stop start Mm-hmm. has it always been the same amount of time to get sort of reacclimatized or is it worked out quicker or longer each time or um i would say it's been about the same it usually takes me about a month or so or six weeks maybe of intensive training to get back into it so yeah it's i'm not quite there yet body hasn't quite caught up <laughs> right <laughs> um so by this stage had you worked any form of um like a a closed door training match or appeared on anything like that before because obviously you wrestle um aluna blue on the evolution wrestling next gen series that was on youtube yeah um before that had you worked a match in a training session or worked a match anywhere for eve or anything like this i have done a couple of practice matches within training sessions um that's with... the term i was looking for sorry practice matches i just couldn't get my words right i do apologize <laughs> yeah i mean they were they were the sorts of ones where something goes wrong in the middle and somebody yells what are we doing again oh yeah and then <laughs> right and then it carries on so it's not show standard quality at all but it's really helpful to it's really helpful to get your your mind in the game and know that you have to try and remember stuff yeah okay um so the, the next step is i guess the first time that I, I i actually saw you wrestle was for the the next gen on sorry the next gen shows for evolution wrestling the the youtube shows there and you were facing aluna blue how did that come about and how, how were you approached for that um because obviously you say you've not done any anything other than say practice matches at this stage despite the fact you're you're training at these two you have trained at these two different schools you've obviously got a high level of ability about you um how did that come around how are you approached for that and how did you feel going into it were you nervous or did the sort of performer in you take over uh well it was originally meant to be a four-way tag match between uh, me and aluna blue and simon quest and sean cage okay yeah and you know <laughs> two tiny women with two huge men i would i dread to think how that would have gone but there yeah, you go they're, they're a size those two aren't they they are <laughs> <sizable>, yes <laughs> anywho um it was meant to be that initially um but then aluna blue and i we we stepped up and said no we want our own match we worked for it and this is what we want so thankfully we got it and it was an amazing feeling to get our first match together in the ring and oh my god yes i was nervous you should have seen me before we went out i was hopping off the walls <laughs> you you i don't drink those like monster relentless drink things but you would have thought i had done had you seen me i was practically on the ceiling anyway um i have this performance process that i go through right before i get or go on stage or do anything which is to get rid of all the energy that way, you know, before before we go out. And then when I'm behind the curtains and I'm waiting to go out, that moment when I heard my music, I thought, right, I have about six seconds to get my head in the game. 
And I do this thing. I won't go through my process. Every performance process is different, but I can tap into the, the character, Audrey Charleston. I can tap into her. She's inside. And I brought her out and she came out to play. <laughs> I mean, I, that's leads straight into the, my, the next thing I want to speak to you about. Obviously, the, the show on YouTube I provided the, the commentary for, and this is my, my very first moment of seeing you was literally coming through the curtain. Oh yeah. After those, after those six seconds of you saying of being stood the other side of the curtain, getting ready, and I would have, had, I would have had no idea that this was your first, I suppose, proper match. I guess your first, um, your your first sort of proper venture out there. I suppose because the entrance just oozed confidence, and it was it, you looked like a seasoned pro walking through the curtain. How you carried yourself how you got into the ring, how you hit certain poses whilst you're waiting for your opponent. Um, and it's, it's one of those occasions where, again, please don't think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to big myself up here as any form of expert in any way, shape or form. I, I say on every show, I'm very much outside looking in. These are just my opinions. However, there are times when I see certain people, whether it's on the television or at local shows, and I think, man, they've, they've got something about them. They've got a little a little bit of it. And when you walked out, before the bell had even rang, I thought, yeah, there's something about her. She's, she's got a little bit of it. There, there's something there. You know, you just looked... <laughs> you just looked like you belonged, if that makes sense. Thank you. Um, it's, it's nice to hear you say that. Um, I'm my own worst critic in a lot of ways, and I watched that, that match back... And I, I spent most of it going, oh, could have done that better, could have done that better, forgot to sell there, you know, all that thing. But yes, the entrance is something that I was very proud of. And that is that is um, Audrey Charleston coming out. She's a ramped up version of my me at my my dark side, I suppose. <laughs> OK, I mean, I guess that's, that's something else I was going to mention. Here you're coming out, and um, you're the you're you're the bad guy. You're, you're the heel. You're you know you're the one that in theory should be getting booed. Um, is that something easy for you to do to play a role in that way? Because speaking to you now, I think it would be very difficult for anyone to boo you just talking to you naturally. You know, so it must be difficult for you. To, is it difficult to grasp that side of it? No, it's really not. And thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's really not. I think everybody has a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of the dark side in them. And for me, accessing that is, is quite easy. It's just a place that I can go to and I can bring her up. I can bring the dark side out and use her when I need to. But only when I need to. I keep her in her box until it's necessary. <laughs> Ah, okay. <laughs> um, one thing that really stood out in the match um, was well, something that we discussed via messenger before before I actually saw the contest was the the finisher that you have. Yes. The the Charleston press. I mean, I'll I'll sort of try and quickly explain it now for the people listening, so they can sort of uh, visualize what I mean if they haven't seen it. You're effectively sat behind your opponent on the canvas. And if, if the listeners imagine effectively a full Nelson, but you're using your legs rather than your arms, aren't you? Yes. And yes. then you kind of bridge up behind your opponent. Now, I love this move. I think this is brilliant. And I think it's incredibly unique as well. Um, where, where did you see that? Or where did you, where, where did that come from? Where, where did you get the inspiration for that move? Well, um, obviously all the dancing stuff I did, my hips are quite hypermobile. <laughs> so that was the first, <laughs> the first part point I thought oh I bet I can do something with my legs that's pretty cool and I worked out that I could get in, in in various training sessions I worked out I could get my legs around smaller people in a full Nelson and that's where the idea started and then then it turned into oh I wonder if I can bridge while I'm doing it as well and that part took practice because you know obviously most of my most of my weight is resting on my neck and and on Aluna Blue's shoulders and you know, bless her. She's she's a little bit more slightly built than I am, so I was a little bit worried about that. But we we somehow managed to balance the weight that it worked. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. I, again, I I've watched so much wrestling in my well, I've been a fan for what must have been like thirty 
three years potentially something like that i've watched so much wrestling in my life it's not very often i see something that i sort of look at and go huh that's new <laughs> i got that kind of vibe from, from seeing that move um I'm, I'm not sure if somebody else has done it elsewhere before and i've just never seen it before but i looked at it and thought that's really unique i like that and i think it's so difficult to do anything um new or unique now because everybody is kind of doing something that was already done at some level in the past even if you go back say you know it was done 40 years ago or whatever there's always it's very difficult to come up with anything completely unique so i, I really i really liked that move anyway I, I, I really enjoyed seeing that um so i mean as we sort of draw to a bit of a close here i guess after the evolution next gen shows which are available on the evolution wrestling's youtube channel if anyone wants to go and check them out there's some great action there with um with various people that we speak to on the show and with audrey herself wrestling as well as you mentioned go and check those out um we then went into another lockdown didn't we after this Mm -hmm. so again it sets us back again but now we're sort of coming out of the lockdown are you back training again now has that started yet uh, there's been one or two sessions. We're very careful, obviously, to make sure that nobody's got any symptoms and that we ventilate as best we can. So, um, yeah, we've started casually doing it a little bit. Yes. OK, so so where do you look to in the future? What is it you you hope to do? Short term and long term, I guess, with this. Obviously, I'm talking sort of best case scenario. You know, the, the world is returned to as normal as it can be um coronavirus is a a distant and forgotten and horrible memory uh what is the next step for yourself well i i'm a realist and i know that i'm not looking at a long career in wrestling and for me it's always been a bit of a bucket list thing anyway so it is for me it's about doing shows having fun making friends and just getting a bit of a rush you know I'm I'm not deluded enough to think that WWE is calling my name anytime soon when with all the technique that I still have to learn um but for long term acting is something that I have continued to do ever since I was young I still do get little short films and tv parts and things like that so that's more of a long-term career option for me but for now wrestling is it's an absolute joy (laughs) you know (laughs) while I can still do it it's a joy and I just can't believe I let it take me this long and, and i'll be honest with you you can hear that in your voice as well when you say wrestling is a joy it, it really does come across that way for you which is brilliant i love hearing people sound happy and sound passionate about something they enjoy so that that's that's brilliant stuff um i suppose we need to talk about the evolution wrestling women's title though whilst i have you all mm-hmm. the title belts are currently vacant or been held up due to the pandemic you must be thinking it'd be nice to stand there in the middle of the ring in front of people maybe at wooden hall or some other venue holding that above your head oh yeah that would be a rush who knows i may even swing it around a few times <laughs> <laughs> and, and lastly before before i let you depart this evening um what do your your family think now uh, with regards to you sorry your son wasn't it you said he was uh, coming up to 11 is, is they watch wrestling um what are the opinions of your family now that you're, you're doing so well uh to be honest my son acts like he thinks i'm completely mad although he did come home from school the other day and say mum i told all the kids at school that if they start bothering me you're going to suplex them all i went dude that is problematic on so many levels you can't tell people that um but anywho that's you know that's kids for you he's secretly proud of me i think um my my mother i i I wish she was alive to see this i really do she passed away a few years ago i think she would be incredibly proud yeah i think she would be incredibly proud of me my father still doesn't know (laughs) i'm still in the wrestling broom closet with him Uh, okay (laughs) yeah so that could be an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, that that but your son saying that you're going to the school and suplex everyone—that's fantastic. I, <laughs> I love that. I did have I did have a little rush when he said that. I thought, oh, you're proud of me. <laughs> and rightfully so, rightfully so. Um, Audrey, if you would not mind, would you please let everyone listening whereabouts know whereabouts online 
they can find you if they so wish any social media accounts or the evolution accounts to track your progress there yes certainly um so my instagram is at audrina oaks cottrell so um i use it uh, for acting stuff as well so it's it's a bit of a you know brain dump into instagram at the moment um there i don't think i have anything else really at the moment that's the main one yeah no problem okay um well as always when this episode comes out i'll I'll tag you in it and and so on and uh you can have a listen if you don't mind sharing it away um i hope everyone's enjoyed listening to your, your your really interesting and unique story um you know traveling the world discovering wrestling in a country as far away as you once were um <laughs> not even you know sort of falling out of love with it and then coming back into into the business again and so on I, I find that absolutely fascinating i've had a great time talking with you i really really appreciate your time this evening thank you simon it's been an absolute pleasure to virtually meet you and to talk with you <laughs> hear some of your knowledge as well well I, I wouldn't say i've got any knowledge at all I, i'm just a just an overeager fan i say but yeah that's very kind of you to say hopefully when shows open back up i'll be uh, able to meet you properly along with everyone else that i've been speaking to at a show somewhere potentially um before i depart if everyone out there listening if you do not already uh follows the show on instagram facebook and twitter you will need to do is search at sjp wrestling pod uh, you can find me on twitter at sjp words and please have a look out for my second show chain wrestling that i host with my my good buddy mags um again on twitter at chain underscore wrestling uh, but you know the main one at sjp words all my shows are linked through there uh and again audrey thank you very very much for your time um i really really enjoyed myself and i hope to speak to you again not at all thank you simon thank you and to everyone else thank you for listening <laughs>